This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. That takes us into some game recap. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Last night, the Lightning pulled off a 6-3 victory. Uh, now, why the choice of words of pulled off, Casey? They had plenty of moments where they were fully in control. Um, of course, they opened the scoring. It was it was one of your favorites, Nikita Kucherov, opening mm-hmm. the scoring. I think it was a minute and 40 seconds in. But I say pull off because, you know, post-game yesterday between talking to the coach, we got to talk with the assistant coach today. It was just kind of like some of those responding goals that the Blue Jackets put up were left a bad taste in these guys' mouth. They didn't. They didn't love that that happened, and I think it was the third goal that took place. Bassey got up and slams his stick on the post. He was pissed. He was not having it. He was like, come on, this is so unnecessary, which it was very unnecessary. So first and mm-hmm. foremost, two goals in the first period. Um, the Bolts led significantly with shots on goal, which is a positive and something that, you know, Kaylee and I have talked about immensely on here, kind of get, getting out to that hot, fast start. Um, but it was also the fact that they dominated the face off circle. I mean, at most parts of the game, the Bolts were sitting at um, 0.700 while Blue Jackets were 300. They just really couldn't get uh, anything yeah. going. Um, and the Bolts were able to take advantage of that, I would say, well for the most part. What did you think of that first period, Kaylee, between uh, Cooch's goal and, um, you know, their ability to get into the lead there? Yeah, I mean, I think the first period, like you look at like statistics and the way that they played, I think the first period actually might have been their best period all night. Um, Just the way that they were able to go out there and get things done, Um, you know, with those two goals, like you said, uh, one from Cooch opening it up fairly quickly and then Nick Paul on the power play. Um, So you like to see that this team had a few power play goals. They were three for four on the power play, actually. Um, so kudos to them for, for getting things done, both even strength and on the power play. Um, but I think, I think the first period was maybe their strongest period. Um, as like, whenever you, whenever I'm like pulling up like the, the Corsi throughout the game, um, the, the lightning. Yeah. I mean, it like kind of like immediately, like when you're looking at the line graph, it's like clearly in the like it like goes straight up like this like in the lightning's favor uh for that first period and then for the most part it stayed in the lightning's favor in the second and third period um but i think what happened is that there are some slip-ups there are some like mistakes there are some things that happen that like you said you know it's 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 right for vasi to be frustrated at times because after that it wasn't the cleanest game um, that this team could have played. And it's not that they ever really gave the Blue Jackets like a hand. Like the Blue Jackets were never really close to winning this game. They never led at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they didn't even tie it up, right? So um, the closest they got was in the third period whenever they made it a two, uh, uh, like, a two, three game. Like they had just scored their second goal. The lightning had already had three, uh, but then the lightning came back out and they scored three goals back to back to make it six, two. And then you just don't like to see that, like, you know, that last goal go in. I, 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 and John Cooper talks about it, Casey, but I would have liked for it to stay six, two. I think that third goal was like mm, unnecessary. Um, it, it, it didn't, I just think that there were some times where there was like a few lapses 
Mm -hmm. Um, And because they had such a significant lead that it didn't really matter, but they still shouldn't have given those, those goals up. Um, I think that they were unnecessary and I think that they're, they could have played better defense or a more sound structured game at times. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, I, I think they're the first period in my opinion, was probably the best period that they had. But oh, what yeah. about you, Casey? Oh, yeah. Their first period was was pretty fantastic. I mean, 21 shots on goal to get things going. <laughs> There's no yeah. better way to create an opportunity. Um, out of those 21 shots, they posted two goals between Nick Paul and Nikita Kucherov. And, and then was- they held them to only six shots. So, like, that's yeah. that's what I'm looking at. Like, the shot differential, super high in the first right. period, which is and- what you want to see. They did well at overwhelming this team. It just, Mm -hmm. they did not allow, they kind of smothered them in a way. They didn't allow them to set up much of a structure. Um, You know, in that moment too, they they had some pretty decent takeaways. There was one in particular, Sergachev had a takeaway in the D zone and put up this beautiful pass to Hagel and Hagel had it. Um, He ended up drawing a penalty, a hooking penalty as he went one-on-one with the Blue Jackets goalie, but there was just there was flashy moments like that that you want to see a little bit more consistently. The unfortunate part is that this team is still struggling with almost equal measure of takeaways and giveaways back in the double digits for giveaways, 10 of them. And that's kind of where the Blue Jackets picked up two out of three of their goals significantly yeah. was just, you know, some unfortunate giveaways in in their zone. You can't do that. And I think that's where Bazzi's frustration came in because uh, it was very pre- preventable. You know, they could have held this team to one goal for the most part. And um, they've got to clean up those giveaways. You and I've talked about that here significantly on pucks and bolts. And when you start contending against those teams, those top tier teams that, you know, are going to either be make it or break it for playoff scenarios, can't be giving them the puck. You can't be setting the opposing team up for success. And that was just kind of some of the the misfortune of last night, um, even though they won. So yes, completely loved the first period, but they did. It was you know, you, you just see that they also had a bad taste in their mouth coming off of that road trip. I think that's what a lot of that first yeah. period was about as well. Um, and then the goals, you know, Nikita Kucherov, even though we talk so much about his assists and his points in the league and where he stands, um, what's dangerous right now, Kaylee, to me is the fact that he's starting to creep up in that goal, in that goal tally. He's starting to register yep. these goals and he's doing it at such a sweet spot of the year. So to have such tremendous standings and points and assists and then to kind of be slowly getting your grasp and your claws into that goal column, it's it's a big lookout here for Nikita Kucherov and, and what's going on. And uh, chatting with both coaches between last night and today, they were talking about the significance of the Bolts D-men getting pucks through. And we talked about this as well. Now you're starting to see – you know, the defenseman more in the assist column on helping right away, you know, setting up that perfect pass so that these forwards can execute. So it was Eric Chernak with the assist on Nikita Kucherov's goal, which was tremendous. And that came from Brandon Hagel prior. That was Heg's 100th career point. And then for Nick Paul, it's Victor Hedman. Hedman walked away with two points last night. And yeah. ever since that conversation with Brian Bradley, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it would have been sweet whispers to his ear. His I ear- know. But every single game, Hedman is involved in helping set up his team for success. And to be able to put up two points after probably what was a whirlwind of, I don't know, four days. Yeah. So early, being there for the wife, having this baby, taking a nap, getting into a game. 
it just speaks so much to not only the skills that the Victor Hedman has, which we can talk about forever on, on here, but it also just speaks to his leadership and his mentality and, and how strong he comes through. So couldn't agree more with you about that first period. And then, as you mentioned, Kaylee, and as we've talked about on Pucks and Bolts, the second period can just be a sneaky little situation for these guys. It, it It's not, you know, sometimes it's one of their least momentous periods. Um, they started to change that up a little bit around the holiday road trip wise. We kind of saw them fall back into this habit. That's where uh, Columbus Blue Jackets pick up a goal. And shortly thereafter, it's Nemestikov that responds with a breakaway. This was the exciting part of the second period. Like wake fans back up. Um, I love seeing him get on the board. He's such a quiet spoken guy yesterday in post game. He had no voice. <laughs> so it was oh, really hard yeah. to questions. And, and so like after we wrap up, he's like, sorry guys, I just have no voice. Like I could have said more, but what she still said, he still said plenty. Um, his vision on the ice we've talked about is, is so underrated. His speed is underrated. And that one-on-one -on -one that he had was just a, a beautiful goal, but it's important to see these guys starting to get on the board and create chances and, you know, to see how dangerous they can be with time and space. And I think there's a lot of sneaky guys that we're going to realize, Hey, they're just as good or they're just as significant when given time and space on the ice to do things. Um, so got to give a big shout out to Vladdy for that second period goal. Yeah. A huge shout out to him. Now, Casey, you're, you're mentioning some positives. I'm actually, well, with that second period goal, um, but kind of following in your footsteps on your disappointment in the second period, I have two things that stand out to me and I have to mention them on here. <laughs> the first of which is as good as this first line is Brandon Hagel, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov. They also are letting up an unprecedented amount of goals while they're on the ice. So yes, they had one goal. Nice. <laughs> or yesterday, but they allowed three goals against, leaving all three of them at a negative two mark at the end of the game. And part of the reason that this is happening is because you mentioned it, the takeaways. Um, they're getting a little bit too cute at times, which can happen. These guys are so good. They're so talented. Um, but they can overpass. They can overthink. Um, that's something that Nikita Kucherov has specifically struggled with. Um, is that that he can he can get a little too cute. He can try to make the extra pass, try to make the extra play, and it's not always necessary. Sometimes you just have to shoot the puck. So yeah. while they are scoring a decent amount, this first line is not doing as well as they need to be doing at both defending for checking and, and, and being there being really stout. So that's an area that Brandon Hagel is really good at, and he can increase that first line's ability to do that. But also they have to dial back sometimes the cuteness, um, especially in a game. And I understand you're winning the game. I understand it's not like it's, it's, you know, you won six, three, there was, you, they, they never led. They never even tied it. I get all of those things, but you're not always going to face a team like the Blue Jackets. There's going to be times where you're facing a better team that will take advantage of you, and you have to create those habits 
throughout all games during practices, whether you're playing the Blue Jackets or whether you're playing the Leafs, I don't care. You have to have that same type of mentality that any of these teams can can go against you. And they are gunning for you. You went mm-hmm. to the Stanley Cup finals three years in the row in a row. You won two championships back to back years. Um, these all of these teams are still gunning for you. And you have to go out there and produce correctly. So that's my first little um, hitch in in my like, you know, when I give I give shout outs when shout outs are due. But right. I also have to call you out whenever that is due as well. So first I line, want to mention that though, because a perfect example of what you're saying, Kaylee, is out of ten games last night, four of those teams had comebacks, and the Penguins particularly had a three goal comeback. So when you're playing against specific teams, just as you said, you know, if you start getting cute, thinking we're winning, we have the lead, they've never taken the lead or tied us, that could be problematic. So, and getting to the point that we are on the season, somebody's going to make you pay for that, that cuteness. Yeah, exactly. Second thing is, I don't know if you noticed this, but they switched up the lines a little bit again. Mm-hmm. Anthony Sorelli, Alex Kalorn, and Steven Stamkos, a mixture that we saw quite a bit over the last few years. Those guys are back together on a line. In fact, they had over 10 minutes of time on ice together as a line. So Nick Paul now not with those guys anymore. Cause I know that there was like some switching things up. Um, the, sh- the Cooper yeah. shuffle, as you like to call it, uh, kept going on. I like those guys together and I think their rhythm will come. Um, but I just want to, I just wanted to note that that was actually the only line that didn't produce last night. So they're the only line that didn't score a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, that's not indicative of the way that they're playing because they're a really good line. But it is one of those things where sometimes, even if you know each other very, very well, like Anthony Sorelli, Alex Kalorn, Steven Samkos, they know each other very well. These, these, yeah. I mean, Alex Kalorn and Steven Samkos have been on the same team uh, with the Lightning for years. They're a core group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Kalorn and Anthony Sorelli almost always and exclusively play together. Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys know each other very well, but it will still take just a little bit of time for them to kind of get that comfortability and for us to see them start producing a little bit more. So I, I think that this line will produce, you just have to give them a little bit of time. And I'm really hoping that both Alex Kalorn and Anthony Sorelli feed Steven Stamco so that he does get that 500 goal on home ice in this upcoming game as they take on the Canucks uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I think so, that- Casey, those, those are the two things I want to mention is like the top two lines were not seeing their best performances right now. Mm-hmm. And they still won 6-3, but we're still not seeing the best performances from these top two lines. No, I think that, you know, you mentioned something key there about them still kind of trying to figure out the chemistry. Um, as well as Alex Kalorn and, and Sorelli know and play with each other and especially Killer and Sammer, that was a change up that happened earlier in the season for a second. Uh, for some reason, I, I'm not a big fan of the three of them on a line with the way the other lines are playing. I think that they're, oh, they have better okay. teams elsewhere rather than trying to lock them in to a line. Um, I think I mentioned it in an episode here, or maybe recently in a conversation, but I was saying like something really unique about the Lightning is they're not particularly that team that has to have a babysitter on every line. 
And I think when they kind of try to create those, those super lines or, you know, a line where you have this, the babysitter on there, it changes the, the flow and the dynamic. They have different reasons what, as to what ignites them and surges them. I think sometimes it's um, better to put Kalorn in a position where he feel like he could be one of the skilled, more skilled players on a line. Because um, then you see a different hustle out of, out of Killer. Sorelli is very consistent, very steady Eddie. So he is someone you can plug anywhere. Like I said, we were going to see if he liked the nickname, the plug. And then, of course, Sam Coast just has, you know, his his uniqueness to his game. So for some reason, the three of them on the line, it doesn't click for me. I don't love it. But we'll see what happens because you're right. I think these guys are going to want to set up Stammer tomorrow, and they're going to try to put Stammer in the best position to do so. But he was red hot when he had Nick Paul next to him. And I and I love, um, you know, when Stammer and Paul get a chance to be on the same line. I think they started to learn a lot from one another. But uh, heading was into – Huh? Was there any Cooper shuffle today at practice whenever you were there? Did you notice any different lines or anything changed? There's always a little bit. That's what I was trying to pull up really quickly. There was a little bit of Cooper shuffle also because, like I mentioned, with bolsters kind of being back in and oh, seeing yes. where and how much they'll use him. So let's see really mm-hmm. quickly what those lines were so I can get that right for you guys, Bolts fans. Um, so then – yeah, well, it was just bolsters rotating in. So about the same. Hagel Point, Kucherov, top yeah. line, Riley Stammer, Kalorin, second, Colton, Paul, Maroon, third, Nemestikov, Belly, Perry, fourth, bolsters ro- rotating in. So um, no big change there. The one thing that we have seen a lot, though, is morning skate. That's where uh, I typically check the lines because that's yeah. where they'll move one or two little pieces. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, all of a sudden it's funny too, because there's been times we've been here on pucks and bolts and we're like, we love this, this setup. We love how this yeah. goes. skate comes and goes and they move two people around. So yeah, totally. Um, well, I don't, well, you know, killer and Sorelli and Stammer being on that second line. We'll see. You made a great point as to giving them a little bit more time. It's the third line. It's Colton, Paul, and Maroon that deserve yeah. some love and some spotlighting. For one, oh, for sure. I have to say that Ross Colton's name hasn't been called enough in the past few games, but last night significantly, he had a motor on him. I mean, he was all over the ice, creating chances, sticking to guys. I love the fact that I think players underestimate how physical Ross Colton actually can be. Um, he tried to contribute to a few of those takeaways. I think he maybe collected one of the nine from last night's game. And then finally, in the third period, uh, Ross Colin picks up a goal. And so ninth goal of the season, assist comes from Pat Maroon. And right shortly behind that is, is Nick Paul. But I feel like this line generated a lot of quality chances. But I think a lot of that plays into the fact that Pat Maroon's game has significantly started to pick up ever since that road yeah. trip that they opened up versus Buffalo and then they went to Boston and stuff. I think that was a huge turning point for Pat Maroon. But then Nick Paul, he might equally be a guy like Anthony Sorelli that you can put anywhere. He has such a broad, you know, vision and, and scope of the game. His hockey IQ, I think, is spectacular. Whenever you talk to yes. him, he gets the most insight and information. And, you know, he'll break it down for you in a way that's very understandable for someone who's never played the game, but still you know, it gives you something to look for next time you watch. So for him to have such perspective and such hockey IQ, of course, a guy like that can fit in on any line and be, you know, a huge factor and a leader on any line. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that those guys work really well together. 
And uh, to your point, Pat Maroon isn't the guy that is just chirping and fighting people. He's 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 consistently uh, helping out his teammates. And Casey, it kind of reminded me of of something that was on your wish list, which was for the third and fourth line to get more involved. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it yeah. pay out um, with some of these line shuffles. So um, with Nick Paul, Ross Colton uh, on the third line, you're seeing them produce. You're seeing the fourth line produce um, mm-hmm. with Corey Perry and Nemestikov um, and Pierre-Edouard Belmar. You're seeing all of these guys kind of come into their stride. And this is the perfect time that they need to come to their stride. On that note, Casey, is it time for us to maybe pick some cherry pickers? Um, yes, two things to mention. One being okay. the part of Braden Point pressing in for a goal and drawing a penalty of his own, turning around and picking up the power play goal. It's just it speaks to the swagger, the silent swagger that is Braden Point. Yes. And it's funny because um, I think that they were talking in the locker room today about about Pointer and you know where he's at statistically in the season right now. And Pat Maroon was saying that. He think he's or he was he was like I believe he has nine consecutive goals at home right now and then he laughs at himself and he goes but I don't even think Pointer would realize that he's on a streak right now because <laughs> no. he's such an even kill guy <laughs> and so you just love the humility of somebody who has so much skill and honestly so much swagger I can't say anything other than swag when it comes to Braden Point but that was that was a nice uh, moment in the game yesterday because as soon as it happened everyone's like oh man he's due a goal he's due a goal and as soon as happened yes. now. He turns, he picks up the, the power play goal. So that was a fun part. And then it was like one minute, 26 seconds after that is when Ross Colton got his ninth goal of the season. And as I mentioned, had a really good game. But it's Nick Kerbix that needs a highlight here for a second. Um, for starters, with the shots is on goal. Is he your cherry picker or are you just highlighting him? I'm highlighting, actually, maybe I'll save him. Maybe I'll save him. I'll leave us with this before we pivot into Cherry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He's had 36 shots on goal first. Um, I think it was in September this season, and they matched that season high last night. So it was a watch that me and uh, one of the guys, Tom, I'm not going to butcher his last name, but I love chatting with Tom in the press box where we were on the watch for it. So um, they hit that season high. Just uh, another time out there. And I think it was either Buffalo or the Detroit Red Wings was the last time that they hit 46 goals. So two career high shots on goal for this for this squad. Um, Kaylee, let's head into cherry pickers if I didn't already lose to mine. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Okay, mine has to be uh, Victor Hedman because after going through everything that you went through, helping, you know, being there for your wife, being there for your family, welcoming in a second child. I know what that's like. I know the amount of sleep that you get whenever you welcome in a baby. Um, And then welcoming in a baby and you already have a toddler, you're getting even less sleep. So the fact that Victor Hedman was able to come out, get two points, uh, play 23 minutes, over 23 minutes, uh, heck of a game by Victor Hedman, especially on the power play. Um, just really like the way that he plays out there on the power play, um, just leading and directing guys. So he has to be, I mean, you just look at what he does. He set up Nick Paul. He set up Nikita Kucherov. He's my guy. He's the cherry picker. Uh, and of course, congratulations again to him and his family. Yeah, honestly, the top pick always, and he's, he's not human. I'm just going to go with that. Um, yeah, otherworldly. Cherry picker. I'm staying with the, with the defenseman over here, but I'm going to Nick Pervix if I didn't already make that obvious. Um, 
there's so much to rave about when it comes to Nick Perbix, but for one, a couple things that came to mind in last night's game that made him my, my choice was the fact that he had a career high of seven shots on goal. And um, it was so funny because he didn't even realize that he had posted up that many shots on goal, which just tells you how, how smart and strategic he is on the ice and how, you know, much of an instrument he is in, in a flow. When this team is in their structure, a guy like Nick Perbix is, is going to be crucial because he doesn't have to think twice about anything. He's getting that puck forward. He's not overthinking anything. Like you mentioned earlier in the segment, Kaylee, that can be dangerous when players sit there and overthink. So just to see how fluid of a player, of a defenseman that he can be and to contribute offensively is always going to be huge for this team. So not only the seven shots on goal that he had last night, but uh, also noticed that Nick Perbix was on the top line for four on four in one of those circumstances. So it also shows you how much this team already trusts Perbix. There's been so much rave about him, but the thing that – has been mentioned here and there, but not harped on enough is just how smart he is as a hockey player. Um, I mentioned hockey IQ when it comes to Nick Paul, Nick Perbix is right up there in the same conversation. So just between, you know, being 24 years old, extending that contract, getting plugged into this team a couple months ago, um, learning from a guy like Sergeyev and already being such an asset in so many ways, his team can rely on him without thinking twice about it. And I think that's huge. And with a team that's been trying to find consistent strides between their deep pairings and um, better play and consistency and closing of gaps on the defense, Perbix is already playing a huge role in that. So he skates so well, he's able to get back after applying pressure and in the ozone. And I'm just a big fan of this kid. So happy that he'll be here. So Nick Perbix is my cherry picker. Oh, I think that's a great cherry picker. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think that the, the lightning, while it wasn't a perfect game and they'll acknowledge that. And like you said, Casey, they were a little frustrated with themselves about how things went. Vassy frustrated with them a little bit about how things went. 